0: this child's prize i see you have applied yourselves to fulfilling the demands of fate and destiny but it seems you have muddled the stories boys
1: in the fairy tales i was told shepherdesses and orphans become princesses but here i see a princess is becoming a witcher does that not appear somewhat daring to you
2: hello everyone thank you for coming to join us and yeah, we're on to the second chapter of Blood of Elves. This was an interesting one. We got a lot to talk about. I guess we
3: should jump right into it, shall we? I think we shall. Let's do it. The chapter begins with a magical person, much older than they look, having a one-sided conversation with a horse on their way to the school of the wolf. But the horse is not Roach, and the rider is not Geralt. It's Triss Marigold! We were just told in the last chapter that she died at the Battle of Sodden Hill, but she clearly did not. This is no trick, nor necromancy, nor a flashback. However, one does not simply walk into Care Morin, as Jennifer mentioned in Chapter 1, you need an invitation, or at least directions, because it's hard to find.
0: The land around Kaer was famous for its wildness and inaccessibility, and the gap in the granite wall that was a vital landmark was not easy for an inexperienced eye to find.
3: This is expedient on their part, because the place is now a ruin, having been destroyed by fanatics in the past— but not so far in the past for the lesson to be forgotten. As well, one survivor of the Pogrom lives, the former fencing instructor Vesemir, and it was he who extended Trist the necessary invitation. He claimed aching bones, which she understood to be a joke of sorts and a code, but couldn't ascertain exactly what he meant by it and why they really wanted her to come. As she follows the various twists and turns towards the castle, she ponders the history of the place and of witchers, how they're made and trained. She thinks about how the school of the wolf has the ingredients, the recipes, and the facility, but lacks a wizard capable of properly administering it via all the required spells. She hopes they aren't about to ask her to be their new wizard. Given how many children die during the process of making witchers, it's not easy to see it as a better, as a practice better left in the past, rather, it's easy to see it as a practice better left in the past, but she doubts that's why they want her. It's been decades since they've trained children here, so what could it be? It's thus very surprising for Triss to encounter what she assumes is a boy going about just that, Witcher training. Even more surprising to her is that it turns out to be Ciri, not only a boy, but a princess, a princess covered in bruises. But of course, they haven't been abusing her or anything. This is training for hand-to-hand combat, and injuries in the process of learning are good preparation for avoiding worse injuries from real enemies. Siri as well has been through quite a lot, surviving the massacre of her family and living as a refugee in the wild, as well, brought up as she was in the court of her warrior queen grandmother, her upbringing was not exactly that of a standard pampered princess. Finally, Siri is just... Not bothered by trifles like getting dirty, wearing raggedy clothes, or having a bad haircut, or, you know, just having her body half-purple from training. This is a very tough kid in more ways than one. And confident.
0: You know how to handle a horse, I see. I can handle anything.
3: Triss doesn't know any of this at first and reacts like many adults would react after seeing so many injuries on a child. She confronts the witchers in several discussions, some heated... Ensue. Geralt, in particular, is adamant that this is now Ciri's home. That she is special yet normal is explained in various ways by various witchers of the school of the wolf, but she schools the school even more so. Simultaneously she explains lectures really on some of the most mundane aspects of girlhood and building up to the greatest mysteries of magic and how they relate to Siri. Despite the disagreements, they all agree that caring for Siri is of paramount importance. To do that, they all must share everything they know and keep her a secret from those who would do her harm. But the witchers aren't yet convinced they can trust Triss. Worse, someone unknown is watching and somehow speaks through Ciri, saying to Triss,
0: Why have you come here? Go back. Go back at once and take this child, the child of Elder Blood, with you. Return her to who she belongs. Do this, Fourteenth One, because if you do not, you will die once more. The day will come when the hill will claim you. The mass grave and the obelisk on which your name is engraved will claim you.
3: She understandably doesn't want to be claimed by the hill, but she is absolutely down to be claimed by Geralt, at least for a night or three. The trip was cold and he's pretty hot. That's not how it goes (laughs) for now. But he does give his gratitude, because they really need her help, even though it means some things will have to be done differently around Kaer Morin. Fittingly, the chapter ends with the first day of the new season. It's the winter equinox, indeed a time of change.
0: You're right,
1: Lambert, but a woman has arrived, and the old orders collapsed. A time of great change has arrived. Come on, Siri. (laughs)
2: So we have a really interesting chapter here on our hands. One that's not... We don't traditionally get a chapter like this all the time in The Witcher. More of uh, Triss's inner monologues. But guys, let's go with some reactions here. What were your overall thoughts on the chapter, Mikal?
1: You know, it's very—it's a very fun chapter. There's definitely things that I'm like... I, I don't need know that I needed like several paragraphs about how horny Triss is. And, her love <laughs> <laughs> and like fairly graphic detail. But it's a great introduction to... Claire Morin to how Siri is actually like living there to this little funny five dads and a daughter family that they've got going on. And Triss is a great POV to look in on that. So yeah. It's a surprisingly light chapter. I think I, I forgot how fun the beginning of this book can be. And yeah, it's nice to have something fun before we get onto some of the later stuff.
2: There's some om omonymity sprinkled in there some ominous things but overall it's talking about tris sleeping with witchers and magicians and vesimir getting all awkward around and the boys getting around awkward around menstruation there's a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. going on in this chapter
3: yeah it does have that lighthearted aspect to it doesn't it? you're right putting it like setting the stage for things to get more serious that's a really good way to put it you see the the hints of that coming but we don't get fully into it yet there's a good bit of humor. We've got some nice funny moments for for at the end and the banter is really good. I yeah, Triss is a great character. She's a great POV and again, there's some bold. Unusual choices probably by Sapkowski right away, talking about on politics. Purpose. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> Very early in the book, again, that's why we call it bold. He just like weighs in on some political stuff, which is you know, I think some people probably miss that though. I think that's part of what happens. People don't even aren't even on the lookout for that sort of thing. I didn't realize till this time that that at Siri and Triss's moment in this chapter is a Bechtel test passer. I didn't even think of that till this time.
2: I actually really like the fact that Sapkowski did these inner monologues with Triss, this kind of observation of all these different personalities we're going to talk a little bit about it but some time has passed here has been at caramorn for a while and she's have to live with a bunch of mutated men who are (laughs) killing monsters around the continent and she's obviously in a very different position in her life than she was six months to a year ago you know i mean she's being trained to be a witcher and that's a pretty serious thing her life is going to completely change i mean going from a i don't want to say spoiled princess but a princess to a witcher is very very different thing and Obviously, there's a lot of lighthearted moments in the chapter, but there's some trauma in here, too. There's some things that bubble to the surface. But I actually really like that. how he did this early because Triss is a great lens. She's, she's, she knows a little bit about Geralt. She knows some about Wishers, but she's also a woman. And having another woman at Kaer Morton is definitely an important thing to see what Siri's going through.
3: <laughs> yeah, and to pick the story up that way is neat. Like, they've been yeah. there for... Actually, I went and looked it up. I tried to figure it out, and and, it, and it, rare it was. I didn't have to figure it out. Vesemir at just one, one point just says... She came here last autumn, so we know how <laughs> we know exactly what day it is when the chapter ends. So it's like okay, so she's <laughs> been there a little over a year because <laughs> it's now winter, <laughs> yeah. uh, the day first day of winter. So that's pretty cool. So she's been there a year. They talk about how she's. You know, the first six months, she was training without a sword and doing it. It's more cautious than it seems and the the upbringing stuff. I really, the conversation, the back and forth is really interesting because there's a lot of things Triss is right about. There's also some things that she turns out to be maybe not so right about. Mostly, she seems to be more right than wrong. But (laughs) still, it's not just a one-sided conversation or uh, debate or whatever. And I appreciate that. It's got that.
1: She hasn't shown up to shine a perfect flashlight into everything that the witchers are doing wrong. There's definitely, like, things that they are doing right and that they have, that that she has blind spots.
2: What I actually really love about this chapter is, like, there's this un- there's this uncomfortability about it, you know what I mean? Everybody's got r- really strong personalities. Everybody's got, like really quirky. Everybody's got like really different things about them, and we're observing that. And it's like, whoa! It's at this ancient castle where really bad things happened, and this girl is the bigger overarching theme. We Triss finds out why am I really here? Because <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not to treat any uh, diseases for Vesemir. He's like, oh, you're here to cheer my bashfulness. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah it's funny that it's funny that there's so. Many- many magical things there's like skeletons everywhere there's this dark history around the place there's lots of kids have died there there's magic there's mystery there's incredible warriors but the thing that throws them off is the most normal natural thing <laughs> 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 like it's the most mundane thing right just a a girl coming of age i mean that <laughs> happens it's like billions uh, uh, of times uh. in this world <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot about gender here. What do you think, McCall? Like What's your some of your takes here about like how this chapter frames a lot of that?
1: Yeah, so it's it's really interesting to to think about because it's like Tris as the POV for this chapter is also we'll talk about it in the craft a bit, but like it's a really interesting Choice on Sapkowski's part. And we dive in almost immediately, like with clothing is a, is a huge part of this chapter. Just like the way people mm-hmm. dress, like Triss talks about her, her own clothing. And when she, she goes down to breakfast and appreciates the views of the witchers, her hair <laughs> is a big symbol of her sexuality. It's only, only like druids and free women and, and whores in the language of the book who mm-hmm. wear their hair free. Siri rejects, like when, when Triss is like, please get undressed so that I can, understand how destroyed you have been by the witchers um and she only has one other (laughs) set of clothing which is her women's stuff which she doesn't wear anymore but then that that flips when the the plan for i guess comfortably approaching the witchers with the fact that siri is going to menstruate once a month is that she'll she'll put on a women's dress and she'll that that's the signal that's the signal guys and it's funny because Vesemir is like did you guys get that? And they're like, "Yeah, no,
3: no, we got it, we got it." Okay. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like trying to shrug it off, like you, are, you fools, understand? It's like you're 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 the one who should have known all this in the first place, man. Yeah, he's totally like pushing the deflecting the blame there.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, Ves- Vesemir is really sneaky. this <laughs> chapter.
1: <laughs> and it's also really interesting, just like that, Siri. The way she. Her relationship to her own gender changes through the chapter. Like even yeah. the fact that Triss understandably misidentifies her as a boy initially. And it's actually, I thought there would be a little more in the in the section where Triss realizes that she is a girl, but it's, she just sees her face. And it's like instantly obvious that she's a girl. So it's vague on what triggers that particular identification. It, it's like she sees, and the witchers see really, a divide between being a witcher and being a girl and mm. which makes sense because historically there has been but it's almost like witcher is a different gender in this chapter to the point where siri asks to be made a boy so that she doesn't have to be a girl and therefore struggle with the things that would make it harder for her to be a witcher and yeah it's interesting like Triss is appalled at that at that idea she's like she, she really dislikes the idea that siri would change her gender which i thought was interesting because she says it's actually not possible but it also seems like the mushrooms and the and the salad and the herbs that they're giving Siri <laughs> have a kind of androgenizing effect because one of the oh, yeah. first thing yeah. that that Tris tells them to do is stop giving her those at least so much because yeah. otherwise they're going to stop her physical development.
3: Yeah, like What's take away want? certain oh. aspects of her womanhood. Like, of course, mm-hmm. we immediately think of losing the ability to have children, which was a big, which is an, a oh. huge point because of Yennefer. But it's not just that Yennefer is a fully formed woman, and what Triss is saying is that if you keep giving her the stuff. She's not going to develop the way a girl would into she, a woman. She will with, have a shape. more male. Yeah, she'll have bigger shoulders, identified she won't have breasts, body, yeah. things like that. Right, which she may r- not be happy with later. You know, she's too young maybe to make that decision. Well, it's not that she's like, too young to make that decision. She doesn't even know it's happening. Yeah. Maybe well, she's too young. That's a whole other discussion, but she actually doesn't even know it's happening. She doesn't fully understand what's being done to her.
2: One thing that's also uh, that this connects to is gender power dynamics in The Witcher. Yeah. Because we see, we see, obviously, we have female mages, but we see, and we're going to learn more about the male mages, obviously, and mo- most of the people in power are male. Someone who's claiming to be the Messiah is male. There's all these things going on. So I think that that's another interesting thing that we'll see more of as we get through the chapters as well, connecting to all of this.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I like how this science is used here, because it also shows, it reminds us that this is not, say, medieval. This is definitely farther along in the relative timeline of human understanding of, of biology. She, she uses this term adipose tissue, and they use the term lactic acid, which Siri calls milk in your muscles, which is pretty funny. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> just... True. Lactic acid in muscles wasn't discovered until, like, 1808, but... Of course, if humans had magic, they might have discovered it a lot sooner. <laughs> adipose tissue was discovered in like the 1550s, and and adipose tissue just produces estrogen. So yeah, it is literally making her less feminine if if, the, if that goes away.
1: Yeah, I, I find the whole like science thing so interesting because it is in many ways like Tris thinks about like how the world deals is still dealing with a lot of what we would consider health health things that we've solved or at least have advanced in. And at the same time, they they do have a very advanced scientific knowledge. Like, we'll get into it down the line about genealogy and genetics. And Mm -hmm. at least in the English translation, Sapkowski doesn't shy away at all. Like He doesn't cloak it in any fantasy language. And we're like, oh, that's actually genetics. He's like, no, this is genetics. (laughs) Basically, it's like (laughs) we're talking about the the double helix and whatever. But yeah. Triss
2: even gets mad about the mushrooms too, right? She's like... Why are, why are they keeping it all to themselves? This could help with all these different diseases.
3: Yeah. Yeah, That's an interesting part. (laughs) She's like, maybe this could be, we could make better medicines this way. Yeah. It's, it's a sign (laughs) that it's like, it's a reminder. I think that this whole thing is a, the whole organization. It's all a relic of the past, which is one of the first themes introduced in the, like the first book. And I think voice of reason is where it really gets prominent, where Geralt talks about things are changing and. You know which people don't need Witchers as much anymore, and this is all that all fits with that. Like even the secrets, this shows that keeping these things a secret is harming the progress of humanity, whereas once witchers were needed because monsters were harming the progress of humanity, now the wheel is turned and it's a little sad, but it's it's also good that they don't need to kill children to make these soldiers anymore.
1: Probably, yeah. (laughs) No, that's also actually, that's a really interesting parallel to the idea that the witchers themselves are in a a backslide because they, they have lost knowledge and they have lost the ability to do the magic that allowed them to help other people and also torture children to death
2: that's a bad destiny yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you are destined to die as one of <laughs> in the trial of the grasses that's your destiny kid I'm like what that sucks <laughs> wh- wh- which which
2: tris thinks about internally she wonders what happened to all the kids and she wonders what it could possibly happen to Sirius. could it destroy her body or how it could affect her like that's yeah. another thing it's right yeah
3: like f- it's, it's it's really similar how to like a, the seduction of power it's a minor version of say lord of the rings when when gladriel's tempted by the ring and she's like i would be this and that and she's she's thinking about it tris thinks about it for a minute and then she's like nope dead children that's we can't do that <laughs> <laughs> well hope they don't ask it's me it's to another... do that because i'm definitely going to say bad. no <laughs> but she 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 considers it for a minute she doesn't immediately think no she immediately first thing she thinks of is the magic and all the lore like one second of seduced by the idea of all that yeah because she
2: because she thinks that she shouldn't kind of like intervene in things because she's powerful right yeah, yeah. but she, then she realizes well Shit!
3: <laughs>
2: I should probably say something. Series outnumbered.
1: It's an interesting read of of the the enchantresses and witches and, uh, wh- and the like, wizards and whatever in this in the series as scientists. That that is an interesting alternate read that you can put on it, which is almost a little sci fi ish. That like you 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 yeah, like they they are Strikes-y. almost more yeah they're they're <laughs> almost more driven by. Scientific progress—it takes the form of magic, but but you could you could see that parallel pretty clearly.
3: Yeah, they're using their powers, their magical powers, to unlock more mysteries, and which in turn gives them even more power. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is very scientific. They're trying to understand what's possible and what is. And but of course, in this case, it's also they're they're creating things that are problematic we could use the word i don't know uh, they were less problematic in a prior era for sure <laughs> we did, we get that in the
2: first short story where stregobor is searching for this source of power right and he's yeah. doing it mm-hmm. and he's basically ravaging women which is not a good thing and young women at that
3: yeah one thing i love about this chapter two is how really early on we have this back and forth of of the mundane and the super magical we have all this thought about care morin and these mysteries and magic but we also have a girl growing up and we have friendships and socializing which is one of the things that Triss says is really important for her development as well which is important important for everybody whether you're young or not but particularly important when you're young and there's a large moment of agreement when she finds out they're going to send her to nanika in the spring and she's like oh yeah now that's the right idea. <laughs> we're like, it's, like yes. it's like a
2: girls camp. It's a girls camp for special people like Siri. Everyone <laughs>
3: respects Nannica. Like, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know
1: who else is going to be at Nannica's.
3: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't quite know all the details. <laughs> does Geralt know that at this point? I guess he doesn't either, does he? Or well, he's going to. Maybe. He or must, has he decided to? Yeah. Has he decided to write the letter yet? I don't know. That's, that's tough. I don't, I'm not sure. We'll have to come back to that. That's a good open question for us, maybe. <laughs>
2: let, let me ask you both a question because you just brought up the, the socializing in this chapter. That's the one thing that stood out to me the most. It mm. was like, trust, trust viewing all the, the different social skills, everybody's social skills. And then, and then she thinks about herself, like her own mistakes that she mm. had with like looking into the past. So it's like a lot of, a lot of that, don't you think?
3: Absolutely. And I think, too, it's, it's a very modern statement on people who have a lot of power. You want to make sure they're socialized because you don't want them to go become violent loners. Well, especially if you're a mage. You experiments. perform experiments. Exactly, right? I mean, it's, it, the, the, the stakes are higher when you're talking about enchanters, uh, wizards and stuff. Like, you don't want this person to be an outcast because the stuff they can do all on their own, <laughs> just out there hiding in their own castle with a laboratory. We've never seen what can happen with that. Yeah. Bad. science
2: can seem like magic at times that's a great comment Amanda yeah. I've often thought of that as the cosmos and stuff like that as magic when I was young now not so much but anyway and if magic were
3: real we would, we would have to study it like science even if it didn't always work we would still have way. to observe it <laughs> yeah we'd still try to figure out it through cause and effect
0: Tris had watched them both and was
1: jealous even though it seemed as though there was little to be jealous of their relationship, quite obviously, made them both unhappy, had led straight <laughs> to destruction, pain, and
0: yet, against all logic, it had lasted.
3: So this is one of the important reasons for it to be in her head. Like, they could have, could have a lot of the stuff could have been just narrated. Not this, necessarily, but the stuff about Kara Morhen and all the lore could have been narrator stuff. But it's all in Triss's head, which ties her to these characters, this information and this story, but it also proves to us when she thinks that she wouldn't want to hurt her relationship with Yennefer, that Yennefer is more important to her than Geralt. It lands as true because we, because it's in her head. If she said that to somebody, would we be like, well, does she really mean that? Is that true? But when it's in her head, we know it's true. It's like hundred percent. Okay. That's unless she's lying to herself, which is, I guess that's possible. But I I just see it as if it's in her head, she's having that thought to me. That means it isn't question.
2: Well, she's definitely feeling reg- regret, right, and like oh, anxiety yeah. because she has an attraction to Gerald, right? Mikael? like, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely feels yeah, that. Still. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> that's not the. She's got subject. a whole, like,
3: McCall said, there's a whole ball of. Yeah, she's not entirely sure how to feel at several different moments, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she sorts it through and and gets herself together. Pretty yeah, well. the thing the thing is, like,
1: I I I might have a slightly different perspective on that disease. Like, okay. I get a little bit of a the lady doth protest too much.
0: From uh, okay. Triss, uh,
1: just because she is so singularly intent on Geralt and mm. th- the fact is that it doesn't seem like Triss is particularly like picky about her partners and theoretically mm. like when she, she touches Eskil and they have that great very shippable moment where she's
3: like he bites even harder um, <laughs> you <know? laughs> um uh, yeah you know and she doesn't really chide herself for using magic to seduce him. She doesn't really think that's that a, Yeah, wrong. that's a really
1: important part, I think. Because that like, was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's using magic and it was an opportune <laughs> moment and I'm like... Eh. No.
3: Opportune, like, yeah, <laughs> sounds kind of manipulative, girl.
2: <laughs> yeah. we, we all we also got to remember that you know, Tris has lost some friends and she's probably yeah. you know, f- feeling some trauma. And she, I definitely feel some loneliness from her, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, that's for not sure. Not in
2: the sense she's not beautiful or she's not wanted or anything like that, but she's obviously internalizing things and she's a little bit insecure. I uh, have a sure. recurring
3: theme with these wizards and it's the witchers as well, as they they're all uh, have that issue because they just don't have a lot of peers in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. There's just not that many people in the entire planet they can relate to. Yeah, yeah we actually catch the witches at a, mm-hmm. a
1: rare moment of, like, unity and comradeship. Yeah,
3: that's true. They're usually not even, and they, they, they operate independently. They only come together during the winter because it's rest time, and even the monsters are sleeping for the most part. <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, that there was a pirouette? I knew that! I'm so
1: glad you pointed it out. We can, we can bring back pirouette counts. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Siri, like Geralt, isn't do- hasn't done any in a while. But Siri, she's learning, and they involve that. Yeah, it's the line is here. There's several pirouettes next chapter, so we'll get a whole lot of them. But it's like, <laughs> I was practicing a jump pirouette, and it didn't work. That's where the bruise came from. <laughs> but of course, which bruise? Yeah, there's. <laughs> she's so nonchalant about her. Game. She's like, oh my god, this bruise and this one isn't She's like, yeah. I mean, of course, I got a bruise. This thing hit me really hard. <laughs>
1: And then when she's like, oh, the comb didn't wallop me. It's stuck in the ground.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it now, even though I saved it for the funny moment. Like my f- It's so funny. It's it's the inversion of the, tell me, all right, who did this to you? You know, What are you afraid of? What are you really afraid of? And she's like, you won't tell anyone? She's like, no, I won't tell anyone. She's like, I'm afraid of two of them at once <laughs> two of the pendulums at once <laughs> you like think it's gonna be like some secret like hidden fear or some trauma she's revealing she's like no that's just two of them at once <laughs> i can do one pendulum but two that's what really scares me it's like okay that's not what i was expecting siri <laughs> that's too but funny
1: <laughs> that's actually a good point because like the first time we saw her she was you know in this book she's she's terrified of everything you know she's having nightmares she like She's scared to go into Kaer and and like, and it does seem like the Witcher regimen of training her so hard she can, she can't move has at least worked in in that respect.
3: Yeah, she's too tired to, she's just, she's so exhausted. She falls asleep and has probably has fewer dreams. And yeah, like just the constant pumping of blood and movement. Yeah, like Geralt said, that would be therapeutic. And I was like, yeah, that... That makes some sense. Better, like, to, if if the bruises are distracting her from her trauma, that uh, that's something I didn't consider till just now, too. Like the physical pain might actually be a bit of a distraction from some of the other things. Actually, mm-hmm.
2: happened opened up to the page right here. I actually love that we we got a little bit of a time skip, and we have some. We actually have some progress from Siri too, though. And he goes, and you lay there for two days in pain, finding it hard to breathe. Not at all. Cohen rubbed it and put me straight back onto the comb. Mm-hmm. You have to. Otherwise, you catch fear. What? you catch fear that's like such a a wise moment from Siri. she's like really starting to grow up and you're like damn she's really not a kid anymore man. <laughs> yeah like, i really like that I, I, too. I i'm 36 i'm not saying you catch fear you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that's like a pretty that's a pretty big thing to say and that's when you start to that that's one of those like little bit of those dark moments that are in the chapter too it's like <laughs> oh man siri is definitely on a different path now <laughs> yeah
1: You've noticed these powers, and they've worried you, too. That is the one and only reason you've brought me here to Kaer Morin. Am I right? The one
0: and only reason? Yes.
3: Yes. Oh,
2: sorry. <laughs> I didn't know who was doing <laughs> It's cool. Yeah. Good
3: voice. Vesemir's got that big voice that yeah. sounds like two people at once. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Mikhail did the awesome deep voice earlier, like the deep series. So.
3: Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, this is basically, we can basically just call this Triss's POV chapter. And then the next chapter is a continuation. It's basically the same setup as this chapter. They just go farther into some of the topics. It's a little more magical, what have you. The we the two Chapters more. two and three are really just, they're... Basically, they could be one chapter. Koski broke them apart, but if he didn't, it would have been fine. It just would have been one. It would have been a really big chapter, but still, I, I appreciate the difference, and it's uh, the start of something that we'll be keeping good track of. Something that we all have made. We've talked about, but. Going through the books, chapter by chapter, is going to enable us to to hone in even further on the way Sapkowski likes to change his narrative style from chapter to chapter and make little tweaks. And you never know how how he's going to go, and I, that's fun because, I mean, this has a notably different vibe than chapter one, right? It doesn't doesn't shift locations. It's all in one person's head rather than three different spots. And but but it still has the like bold beginning authorial choices and some of the same like themes that we're familiar with so uh, that's you know it's really good Mm. the dialogue too but with characters who (laughs) who matter who are more important like the bleobus characters around the bleobus tree a lot of these characters are people that we never see again or don't even get names on (laughs) but here there's maybe just as much dialogue but yeah yeah
1: yeah this is a way less meta chapter fairy tale line is very is very well noted i think and and is interesting to think about the the ways in which Siri is kind of the the princess in the haunted castle who is being mm-hmm. turned into something else in in a, in a certain way. But yeah, I, I, this is as traditional as it gets. Really, it's one POV. <laughs> it, it's you know, the the first we start. She's getting there. We stay with her. I guess maybe deceptively ordinary <laughs> for Subkasky. <Sopkowski. laughs> <laughs>
2: except for except for the tower room, that's not ordinary, it's special.
3: <laughs> In our endless looking out for bits of foreshadowing, we noticed uh, yet again the huge rat hanging on Siri's door, <laughs> which when Tris gets upset, noticing all the bruises all over series she kicks or not the bruises she notices she finds out that series menstruating she kicks the stool so hard that it slams into the door and knocks the rat skin off <laughs> just to remind us again that it's there i suppose <laughs> yeah well it's, it's
1: also i don't know it's interesting that's when we meet the rats that we are ultimately slyly and cleverly referring to with all this we it, it's a huge part of series like Sexual maturity and yeah. and development as a, into an adult, and that is the subject that they're that they're talking about at this point. I mean, I mean, it literally is. Oh,
2: you're right. So yeah, I, it's really know. the beginning of it.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's, that's also in the like English major category of I don't know that this is intentional, but it it I think you can definitely draw that parallel. We we the, the rats are not just like a creepy whatever point, and and obviously it's very cute because all the witchers have like actual monsters on their doors and Ciri's got like yeah. I killed a rat you know
3: yeah she but... probably killed that herself and that was like her first kill or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were proud right. of her like good job you killed a rat <laughs> <laughs> you really
2: got that rat Siri
3: <laughs> yeah you wonder because it, it, that's it's an important thing as well that so much of this book is series development and and the next book as well and there's just different phases of that. And here, this is the Care phase and they've already told you what the next one's going to be. And then it, obviously that, something could throw that off, but that's the plan. And then, you know, there's going to be stuff after that. And then a lot of it's really well done without saying specifically what's going to happen. Obviously, we get to see that each step of the way, there are fantastical elements that are fitting with of a, for a story with this setup and, and this world that it's in, but it also maintains this feet on the ground like she has to deal with real stuff, like the stuff that real teenagers would have to deal with. Bad influences or turns in your development, like paths along the way that if you go one way, you could end up in a, in a bad situation. If you go one, another way, you could end up getting skills that are valuable for the rest of your life. Kowski, having had children of his own, is very aware of these things, I would think. That's probably <laughs> the biggest thing in play here for him And personally. I, I mean, if it's, if it's not the biggest thing, it's got to be a pretty important thing to any parent.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little interesting to think about, like, um, yeah, Rubenfeld in the chat mentioned Arya and, and the rats in Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. which made me think of, like, the education of a king parts of Duncan Egg and all that. And and this is like the education of a, of a queen slash princess, very, very, unu- you know, in a, in a similarly unusual way. But something that's also extremely important to the person that she becomes. And whether or not she wields political power or magical power, it, it becomes training for her.
2: We could do a whole video on Syria and Arya, probably. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah oh, yeah. Sure. That's a great <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, especially with Arya being called the boy two oh on one. She gets point her out own out hound. Earlier, but, uh, just a
1: terrible one. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: wow, but yeah. Geralt is a wolf. Wolf. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's a good
1: one. But uh, the, one of the other guys one
3: of the other guys, not so good. It's it, it, yeah. it's
2: funny that you mentioned my favorite Song of Ice and Fire character, Mikau. <laughs> uh, my, my two favorite big boys, is like all I can say.
3: <laughs> and Ryan Burns in the chat wonders how much of this Sapkowski had planned out, whether you'd plan to make that connection or just figured out a good way to tie it up later, or if he just had some ideas of it. The rats thing, I got to think he planned, because it's just so there's so much yeah. of it. I mean, Maybe not every Sep- little detail, but the, the general plan to go there.
2: <laughs> S- Sapkowski has said that obviously th- some things change as you write more books. I, you, you get more, I don't know how, how many books I'm gonna have in the end, but he, he knew that he, he knew he the m- m- more of the overall parts of the story. You get good ideas, you might want to put them in a book, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs>
1: Samir was really very old. Who knows, he could even be older than Camoran. But he walked towards her with a brisk, energetic, and sprightly step. His grip was vigorous and his hands strong.
3: Yeah, they know each other already, which is not too surprising given his age, but, and she she calls him grandfather, he calls her child, but what is a little surprising is that she also already knew Eskel and Lambert, obviously she knew Geralt, that's not surprising, but she knew Eskel <laughs> and Lambert already uh, and didn't know Cohen. We'll talk about him in a minute, but I've wonder about that i don't think we'll ever find out but how did you know when did they first meet and what what was that all about and yeah i'm just curious That seems interesting it's part of why they trust her and can bring her in on this but they also as we'll see next chapter they're still even though they trust her and respect her they're still like they know she has loyalty the chapter the sorcerers guild demands a lot of loyalty too and that's where they're a little wary but that's for next chapter still
2: keyword yeah big deal yeah Keyword respect, because he invited her there for a very specific reason. If he didn't feel like he could trust her, but most of all, you could see the respect between them. They respect each other as, you know, and and Witcher, but also his people. He's like, (laughs) okay, like, this is the right person for the job. I'm going to bring her in.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And there's multiple times where she strategizes how to confront them about something and i like when with the greens and mushrooms she just goes right for it She just is like all right first of all those secret greens and mushrooms that y'all have those have to be curbed a bit and they're like you knew about
2: that <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, she, she's Where's like i know i know yeah,
3: it's so funny. Where's that? And she's like,
2: I know I know what you're doing feeding her the salad in winter. Usually you get more hearty meals like stew and stuff in winter, but like salad
3: with mushrooms in winter. Yeah, and she's like she wants it. it's like why is this it's like usually a little girl is not clamoring for more salads, so what's going on here?
2: I got this nice plate of arugula here with some mushrooms. Oh yeah, Dude, this kid can't gonna gonna get enough of it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I eat that stuff to be healthy, not because it tastes good, man. Yeah. A lot of people do think it tastes good, but not me. <laughs>
1: in his
0: day the world was a better place duplicity was a character flaw to be ashamed of sincerity did not bring shame
3: the younger witches keep a folk poker face when she brings up the greens but vesemir is like astonished and we get this line as beautiful as that line is and and as poignant as it is it's it's also a little bit of glorifying the past what, what is that uh, phrase what what's that phrase when you make the past seem better than it really was i mean this we were just talking about how the witchers used to like have to kill children to make enough warriors to kill all the monsters so really was the world a better place the good old days <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's a little bit maybe it wasn't the better place it was different maybe that aspect of the world was better the battle days <laughs> for real yeah people may have been more honest but there were other issues
1: <laughs> also i'm I mean, assuming there were still wizards <laughs> yeah. so. There probably there was plenty of duplicity going
3: around. Yeah. Yeah, like the guy who made The Witchers in the first place, who apparently was, that was a good thing, sort of, but he wasn't necessarily a good person. It was like, well, this worked out, sort of, but that doesn't mean he was a good guy. <laughs> yeah. he, he, was,
2: he was a monster making monsters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <it was, right? laughs> mm-hmm. I just love the playfulness of Vesemir Even though he's old, he still has this energy about him. He has he's def- definitely a little bit flirty. Yeah, I could do with without him Triss, putting too. his hand may- up Maybe his it looks
3: that, that would be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's a little bit too comfortable, I think.
3: Yeah, it's like what did he become jaskier for a yeah. second there? What's going on? Here? <laughs> <laughs> well, the timing <laughs> is very <laughs> odd because yeah. he's
1: like I I keep forgetting you're grown up and I can no longer put you on my knee and I'm like did she grow up around here? Like what th- it is
3: it yeah, does well, seem like
1: they go back I mean, hmm. longer. How old is yeah. Yeah. Well, How old is
3: Triss? <laughs> she really thinks he's quite old. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that too. I tried to find out, but there's really no... 200 or something. There's really no know. way to pinpoint it. She's She was born in Maribor, which is a fiefdom of Tamaria, And then after uh, one day, she just, a wizard, like she, she did something magical and found herself at Eretuza. And then she graduated and they sent her back to Temeria to be one of the advisors there she's known Yennefer since 1249 it's like a few days before the year 1266 in this chapter and sodden hill was 1263 so it's been about you know two and a half years since the battle of sodden hill which is to say that we we have some idea of her recent history but yeah how old she is like I suspect she's not 200 but I wouldn't be able to say she's not either I, I suspect she's more closer to Yennefer's age maybe too hard to say. She does call them all boys, but she's definitely younger than Vesemir. That's that's clear, right? That's the only thing we can say for sure. Yeah, it seems like she's, <laughs> so younger she's probably older than Geralt. I, oh, really? Well, okay, yeah, that she was might just be. what I read because yeah, because she
1: observes how he's aging and like the mm-hmm. years are weighing on him. And this is definitely unreliable, but she keeps thinking of herself as a little one, you know. And it's like,
3: yeah. oh, that's so odd. Yeah, <laughs> her own inner monologue she refers to herself as yeah. little one. Yeah, that is. I noticed that, too. That's a little strange.
2: <laughs> She's between f- 50 and 80 years old is the guess.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, and that she sounds She looks right. much,
3: obviously much younger in the show. I'm glad you brought that thing up about Geralt aging. That was really insightful, too. Like She points out, yeah, they they have all this magic to keep them from physically aging, but the mental toll on your emotional toll and built up trauma and stress. You don't just get used to losing your friends and, and seeing people die. That Maybe you get a little more used to it, but it still just piles up. That's a big theme in, in Anne Rice's vampire novels as well, random, to bring that up, but that show is about to come come around again or come around at all, so I've been thinking about it a bit. <laughs> <Like> how they <laughs> it, bear it, it the burden of living for centuries. It really is an interesting like thing of how that really builds up on you.
2: It's funny because Triss is still attracted the girl but he's she's like he's more rough
3: the wrinkles are
2: it's like she's horny but she's like oh I don't know if
3: I like him as much uh, which moves us to Eskel right you notice the, there is definitely some, some energy there right <laughs> Eskel emanated powerfully, more powerful than Geralt. And it was. Did you? Did you guys get the vibe that she, he, Sepkowski was setting something up yes. with these two, and just maybe just never got around to it?
1: Yes, I actually feel like Triss mm, yeah. falls out of the story when she wasn't necessarily intended to, because okay. she's so integral in like the very last act of The Witcher. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I I love this little vibe between them. She's so beautiful, and he's like horrifically scarred, but he's like a sweetheart and. Yeah, it, it feels like the whole thing about, like, her love life, I mean, it serves a couple purposes, but it, it is also like she's kind of looking in the wrong places for love, and Geralt is also mm-hmm. one of those yes. wrong places, and it feels like yeah, Subkowski being like, here's the right place to look for love, and then they leave, and she has <laughs> diarrhea, and <that's laughs>
2: it. Do you get, The loneliness aspect that I brought up earlier, do you guys feel like she wants love for the sake of love? You know what I mean? Mm, uh, that's what I feel maybe, a little bit. Um,
3: there's some of that, too, but there's also yeah. just, like, she's also... Very much just horny as well, like that's clear. Yeah. (laughs) But this, but but partly that's because I think she knows there's definitely not going to be anything long term with Carol. Maybe that's just part of the back of head. She's like, so with him, that's the most I would get anyway. But with other people, maybe she's more open to something longer term. She's clearly had long term relationships. She thinks about. A variety of relationships that she's had of various types
1: well it seems like but yeah like she,
3: it's it's like the transitive <laughs> yeah. property of witchers she's really attracted to Geralt and then she thinks that he looks like Geralt's brother with different hair color <laughs> like, oh, hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I think that's an interesting point about like wizards and and their romantic prospects though because I think and gender comes back into this too because Tris mentions that she had relationships with presumably non magical men and they all wanted to own her. Mm-hmm. And like she was like, I don't need that, you know. And then she turned to women and the women had similar bad traits, but didn't necessarily try to own her. At least she doesn't specify that. And then she turns to relationships with other wizards. And that is like that the, they're on even ground, but she seems to find that very dull. So it feels mm. like a Witcher is like the best of those worlds.
3: That is exactly how I saw it because it was like, yeah, because they're still magical and they age like her, but she still has the the leg up and the power dynamic. <laughs>
2: It's 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 interesting because Triss has all of her own emotions, but she still thinks about Geralt's emotions. Yeah, right. And we yeah. and the, and the, and witchers are often described as having no emotions, but she's so intrinsically like interested in what Geralt is thinking and feeling.
3: Yeah, and she was yeah. drawn to some of his like she she was, she was drawn to like his pain and his anxiety, which isn't <laughs> yeah. that's not the most healthy thing. It was right? very, very Evanescence fi- like
1: wake me up
2: inside. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Bring
3: me there, back there, to. There's life. definitely a,
2: there's definitely a tenderness about them. Like they definitely care. They all. Obviously, definitely care about each other, right? Like, they care about each other's well-being and all that, right? Like, that's pretty clear. But there's definitely, like, a little bit more, like, she's definitely got some more concern for Geralt. Well,
1: it it is also worth noting that, and this will be a theme throughout the series, almost every sorceress that Geralt meets wants to jump him, like, immediately. (laughs) It's, like, it becomes almost a joke. So, it's definitely not, like, unique to
0: Trist.
3: No, yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> it's not Yennefer even like girls like him right away too. Yeah, it's like she's just the one that lasts yeah. <laughs> and other reasons too, but yeah.
2: <laughs> it's it's not even like girls like the the typical bad boy prototype cuz girls bad at a lot of things, like speaking his emotions into existence. Anyway, I, I uh, mean, let
3: me let me think of it this way, like put uh, put it this way, this, obviously he's good looking and he has yeah. that like danger appeal that is Standard thing to be attracted to, but also, like, just from a pure logistical perspective, you've got a very physically capable person who's 90 years old but still has the body of a 25 year old. So, I'm just saying, like, you would guess that guy's good in bed, <laughs> he's got a lot of experience, <laughs> he's capable, he knows his business, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> he's ex- he's expe- experienced, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Cohen. <laughs> Cohen's interesting because he's not from there. He he clear, couldn't have been trained at the School of the Wolf because it's his first winter there. And you're not leaving for the winter if you're a young boy training to be a witcher. Not, it's not like summer camp. <laughs> so,
2: God, uh, worst summer camp ever. It's not a fun one. Not, not a fun yeah. one. That's the worst summer, summer camp. camp. Yeah, yeah. Nine
3: out of ten kids don't return from the summer camp. <laughs> Since he's from Povis, which is in the far north, the assumption is that he's from the School of the Griffin. It's not like 100% confirmed, but through narrowing it down, it seems like that kind of has to be. That's like pretty much the only possibility. Unless there's just some other school of the, he's got more of characteristics of the
2: school of the cat. I feel like because it's like yeah. his agility and stuff like that. But he does. I don't know,
3: but that's supposedly in the south, so it could. But anyway, whatever. It's, 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 it's not canonical.
2: It's, it's in the games. He's from the school of the cat. But it's non-canonical.
3: Oh, okay. So. Like Brehan or whatever is probably school of the cat as well. But yeah, there, there's. So he also interesting about him is that you just his his case is worth looking at whenever we do an inevitable trial of the grasses changes all the stuff that makes a witcher because she notices that he has pox scars which is unusual because witchers are highly immune to contagious things so that either means that he got pox really young which would explain it simply or that he got witcher training later than normal which would be hmm, that would be a little more interesting and to build on this idea there's a couple of things that we need to settle here. Canon wise, the show did one thing that maybe threw some things off, but we'll, we can come back to the show version later. But she thinks that witchers that the massacre happened a long time ago, like way, like quite a while back, maybe a hundred years. She doesn't say specifically, but it's, it's clearly more than 20 years, but she thinks that children haven't been trained at care more for a quarter of a century, which is not that long. My thinking is the massacre happened. They were able to get the school going again for a while, like they got another wizard. Because she says that's the only thing they're missing is a wizard. They have the laboratory, they have the herbs, they, have the, they know the recipe. They just don't have someone with the proper magical skill. So my guess is they got a wizard again for a while and then again lost it, and then they, since then they haven't had one. I don't know how else to reckon the huge separation on dates there. Because clearly they've been training, clearly kids have trained at Kara after the massacre.
2: Very few of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, very few of them, though. So, yeah. So I'm wondering about that. Just if there's ever any, if anyone has any insight on that, I'd be, I'd love to hear it. But uh, just something I noticed that's neat that will probably develop a little more later, some other time. <laughs> and then we have Lambert, last but a not very, least. a very outspoken Witcher. <laughs> yeah, brash. He's rude, but ultimately he's not not such a bad guy. I guess just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well he's been through a lot yeah you you want him on your team (laughs) for sure maybe you don't want to hang out with him you know a lot but you you want him on your team
2: i I like to give him the name buzzkill (laughs) Ah,
3: that's pretty good the funny thing is like he's
1: the youngest and he's he plays as the most like cynical world like not world weary but yeah cynical whereas the other ones are are older and they're still like Siri, we love you. You're so fun. You're great. Yeah, go break your body. But, you know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it's that they, if that's like a phase, like when you're a witcher, the first like 20 30 40 years you're like you it's awesome and then you get cynical and then you Better. then you transition into whatever Vesemir is eventually I mean, you get out of the cynical cynicism even you learn to live with that so so he's in the cynicism <laughs> phase but he'll eventually turn into the like despair phase or like the aimless phase like Geralt has or something you, you could definitely <laughs> say know, that, that that was I mean, what Vesemir yeah.
1: was was experiencing in the nightmare of the wolf flashbacks oh.
3: mm-hmm. You're right, yeah.
2: Sense of bitterness. I mean, they're not getting a lot. I mean, they're not getting a lot of... C- the contracts aren't the best. I mean, Morin's old and falling apart. If you go on a vacation, it's like, oh, you got- you want to go to a nice hotel. But <laughs> Morin is like, oh, this is... You know what I'm saying? You know, I kind of feel he's he's definitely got some reasons to be bitter, for sure.
3: Yeah, and the beginning of the chapter, rather the end of the last chapter, which, as we say, stated last time, is meant to be the beginning of this chapter, that lore bit... Is just talks about how hated the Witchers are at different points in time, how they've been rejected, and, and that would immediately help explain a great deal of their bitterness, right? As well as what we just described with them being a relic of the past. So there's two, re- there's a lot of reasons for them to be bitter.
0: There is nothing so hideous as the monsters so contrary to nature known as witches for they are the offspring of foul sorcery and devilry they are rogues without virtue conscious or scruple true diabolic creations fit only for killing there is no place amidst honest men for such as they and care Moran, where these infamous beings nestle when they perform their foul practices, must be wiped from the surface of this earth and all trace of it strewn with
3: salt and saltpeter. Salt and saltpeter. Jeez. Gotta hit both. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it came straight out of Nightmare on the Wolf or would have fit really well with that. It's just straight up. This is Triss thinks of the anonymous source, which... It couldn't have been anonymous in the Nightmare and the Wolf. They had to put a name on it, and that name was Tetra Gilcrest. There's a type of fish. Fish girl <laughs> is really doesn't describe how dangerous she is. <laughs> it makes her sound kind of like not very menacing, but quite menacing. So yeah, it would have fit really well. All those natural things. It fit. I, I thought it fit quite well with the portrayal in the in the Nightmare and the Wolf, even if a couple things maybe didn't line up one to one. That is how it should be because. These are characters that wouldn't have perfect knowledge of events. The histories wouldn't record everything perfectly, so I'm cool with that. There's skeletons everywhere, which is also we see that on the on the show, which that was nice to have put have a visual to put to it. It seems to fit pretty well. I think it's a little ironic. It's kind of almost funny that Siri's asking about that. She's like, "They should be buried," and Trist is like, "Well, they don't want to because of the memory because they want it as a reminder." And Siri's like, "You won't tell me the story," and she's like, "No, nah, ask the Witchers," and she's like, "They won't tell me either," and she's like. It wouldn't be appropriate to tell this girl about this massacre and all that. I was like, she lived through a massacre. <laughs> like, just this, I think she could handle this story. <laughs>
2: yeah, Centrons died in
3: mass. All of them, pretty much. Yeah, she saw a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Somebody attacked the castle and killed everyone inside. Can't relate.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. Like what? I've never heard of such a thing. But <laughs> like, well, there's really? definitely
2: an a- yeah. definitely an aspect of shame about it for sure. You know? That yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, they're training Siri and telling her this information would probably. Change her mind a little bit about potentially maybe becoming a witcher you know what i mean
3: <laughs> yeah for sure the other quote that was at the end of last chapter that's meant to reflect to this chapter is is from nicodemus de boot and it's this quote about the intolerance and stupidity of intelligent species he says intelligent species he doesn't say humans so he's including norms and dwarves and elves because they're occasionally capable of some of the same stupidity and intolerance uh, and he was the first chancellor of Oxenfurt, Nic- nicodemus de boot and we've already met The future Chancellor of Oxenfurt in one of the short stories. He's a character that that we've seen. So that's cool. And he's against violence, this guy, which Nicodemus to boot. He was a a bit of a pacifist. And so is that other character who takes over as Chancellor of (laughs) Oxenfurt. Especially violence against creatures. Dora Yeah. Dora That's right. That's him. That's our boy. (laughs) Dora the pacifist. Just a couple other things for this section. When Vesemir's talking about Siri's upbringing, he says that she was brought, she's brought up like the Elven style, where boys and girls have the same outdoor training and train with weapons and all that. They don't. They aren't separated into gender roles for their upbringing, which is a neat little lore bit because Cintra was a big elf homeland long ago. So we wonder if they actually learned that from the elves. Vesemir's hinting at that. It was a tradition founded by elves, passed on to humans, possibly, or just something that just makes sense, I guess. It didn't have to have come from the elves. Siri has blood of elves, which is quite interesting. Yeah, those (laughs) big green eyes are certainly mentioned quite prominently by Triss. She wanted to see them up close, which is important because she wanted to touch Siri. She's like, help me up. And she didn't need help up, but she wanted to touch her to see if there was any magical vibration, like she says witchers normally have, which is set up by Triss having... Lots of experience with witchers in the past. But Siri doesn't have that vibration, which is going to set up a lot of what happens next chapter with the peculiarity of her particular magic presence and and what she has and doesn't have. Last but not least, she uses a spell at the beginning to to warm herself and curb her hunger. And it's implied in a few places that that kind of magic is used to curb hunger as a diet. Like in other places, it's not just, oh, I'm out in the wilderness with no food. I better curb my hunger it was like you know what I don't want to I want to cut and lose some weight so I'll just use this spell <laughs> and also later we also see food that's illusory that it tastes good but it adds no calories at all so <laughs> it all fits in that same like a lot of wizards and sorceresses try to be as good looking as possible <laughs> even their magic is geared towards that I really yeah, wish I could sense.
2: conjure a fried chicken sandwich right now. <laughs> <laughs> a real one one that, yeah for
3: real <laughs> We have like just a tiny bit of herb lore. So, just like last time, there was the hyacinths, right? I don't mean to say there's hyacinths this time. What I mean is we couldn't go deep with the symbolism on hyacinths because hyacinths have a color and it was the smell of hyacinths last time. So, we couldn't figure out which type it was. Here it's the same thing. She just says, well, there's these unknown legendary cave saprophytes that the witchers use, a mountain plant unknown to science. So I not much I can say about that then there is there. But I can tell you what a saprophyte is cuz I didn't know what that is and I figure a lot of y'all don't either. It's any plant, fungus or microorganism that feeds on dead or decaying organic matter. So, there you go.
2: <laughs> and Siri was eating salad. <laughs> yeah.
3: And 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 tr- like we mentioned earlier, Kyle, you alluded to this, Tris wants to steal the mushrooms, not for her own benefit, but because she's pretty sure that cancer, tetanus, leukemia, smallpox, and allergies could all be dealt with with stuff like this. Notice that Sapkowski didn't invent any diseases. He just used real diseases because, I don't know if he was trying to make a statement or just trying to make it hit a little harder by using things that would that almost all of our... someone We all know someone that's had one or more of these things, so... Maybe, especially allergies. <laughs> yeah, <But laughs> made
2: it feel more real in a fantasy world.
3: Or maybe it's a statement on pharmaceutical companies and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and holding on to secrets about how they work when they really could do a lot more good if if they were opened into the public domain. Maybe that's what he's talking
2: about. Eh, eh, the witchers are corpos <laughs> hiding the secrets too. Yeah, these things. <laughs> to show yeah so part-
3: let's talk about book to show this is a surprise here's a quote to start off with
0: she gave siri elixirs to drink tied a string of ac- of active jaspers around her
1: waist under her dress and forbade her to exert herself in any way especially by chasing around wildly hunting rats with a sword <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a what a sentence so we have active jaspers and hunting rats in that sentence and that was just one sentence. <laughs> so there's the, yes, yeah, so obviously the active Jasper that we were all confused by in the show. And this doesn't make it less confusing, but at least we see where it came from. They didn't pull it out completely out of nowhere. Like, actually, there was active Jasper in chapter two of Blood of Elves. So why not make use of that in some other <laughs> reference?
2: How did you guys feel about the show adaptation about this part? Did you feel it was pretty accurate? I felt like the relationship part, like the Siri, obviously, Siri and Tris, the interactions felt really natural and nice. But Siri is obviously older in the show, right? So it's a, bit, it's a bit different, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: none of this stuff is being explored in the books through Siri's point of view. It's all, I mean, obviously, like on a technical level, it is Tris's point of view. But it also, we don't really get that much of a sense like Siri is still a young kid she's like wearing her feelings on her chest and like on her on her sleeve and she she isn't a, she's not a mystery whereas in the show the angle is like a little bit on how Triss sees her but more primarily on what Siri's experiencing and because she's older that's more complicated and it's more intense and, and scarier and people yeah. coming together to take care of a kid is not the same when that kid is 15 or whatever
3: 20 yeah you know, or whatever she is yeah. yeah i mean i mean i think they're saying she's about 18 there but i think Freya allen is like 20 or 21 and you can't it's hard to not notice that yeah. when you're, because yeah. it's so so much of it is subconscious you see a child and you're like child and you think of all the things that go with child you look at Frey allen you do not think child yeah. <laughs> you know? and that's not
1: their fault they had delays so, it is what it is you know yeah. but covid
3: yeah. covid did that yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not netflix yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah, I I agree with you on that, because it's It's also just the lines. Like, she's funnier as a precocious child yelling about, give me the blue juice. (laughs) Like, if Freya Allen yells that, it's like, time to mature a little, kid. You're not a kid. That's rude. We're coming from a teenager. But from a kid, it's funny. You know? (laughs) So it's like, yeah.
2: I think, too, like, obviously the the time passing in the books definitely feels like it's actually passed, right? And in the show, they just got to Karamorin and she's just started there and these things are happening. So it doesn't feel as if, okay, Siri's been there for a super long time, like that kind that's of thing. That's a great point. Like.
3: You see them arrive together. Geralt and Siri arrive together instead of here where it's a year has passed. See, that's a great point, Kyle. Yeah. Like-
1: she's at a different point in her training. Like, we see her struggling a lot more with the, the school course ninja warrior thing that she has to do as opposed to... Here we see the results. She's definitely getting walloped, but she's really good at it also.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and similar to the show, she's not terribly daunted by the physical danger and the, the suffering, like the pain. She's like, oh, I'm getting right back up and doing it again. And yeah, it was pretty good. I, I think considering they had to deal with the aged up Freya Allen, I, I thought pretty good like a lot of the same broad strokes and references they captured a lot of the little details like Lambert still calls calls Triss Marigold and Vesemir and Triss have a special relationship that clearly seems to have dated back from before these scenes that we're seeing and Geralt describes her ordeal of what she went through in just a few paragraphs here, but on the show they, sh- you know, they had to show it. Oh, I don't know if they had to, but they did, and and it made her trauma a little more present. Like we 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 saw it, we lived through it with her in a, in a manner of speaking, which I thought that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good change.
1: Yeah, you can you can the, the tris- you can imagine yeah. in Lauren's Sorry, copy. Right. Like the line, like, I was alone or she was alone for three weeks in Trans River or whatever. Like her circling that, like, this is series plot for season one, you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go.
3: <laughs> there we go. What can we put here? <laughs> You're right. That's totally what happened. <laughs>
2: I definitely I felt like uh, the trust standing up for series is similar. The vibes were pretty good. I felt that that yes. was adapted nicely. The banter yeah, between yeah. her
3: and Lambert—it's—it's it's funny. It's—it's it's a little rude, and they go too far with yeah. it sometimes. But it's—but she learns to like give as good as she gets, and that's you appreciate that, and that, that's happening here too. Although you see more of that next chapter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you de- you, de- you definitely, I definitely feel one of the strong points of the book to show stuff was Triss and Vesemir. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yes. they had re- they had really good chemistry. Those were some of my favorite scenes. All and they
3: the literally chemistry. did chemistry together. too. <laughs> 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 and with that joke. Let's- (laughs) Shall we move on to our funny (laughs) section?
2: (laughs) A lot of funny moments in this one.
3: Yes. And as promised... We have transcription follies going forward, so we'll get that'll be our last funny bit. I love this thing at the beginning where she Tr- argues with her horse, she's like, Look, you accept my magic, or I'm selling you to peasants. <laughs> Which is the reverse of how Yennefer ended up as a magician. She's like if you don't go to the with these with this magician, I'm gonna sell you to this magician, or you have to yeah, whatever. And uh, and Garrow would never talk to roach like that. He would be like
2: <laughs> would be his like, roaches.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Of well, the jokes we already that I have written down here, we already talked about. <laughs>
2: the, I, I just put it. I just put indisposed. Yeah, so indisposed. That like...
3: Yeah, that's really good. It, they're coming up with Quotations. the like polite words for things. I like that. And Tris or, and Siri's like, getting uh, used to it. She's like, "Oh, I'm. I'm sorry, Miss Mary." She corrects herself like five times. <laughs> she's like, "I'm sorry, Miss Mary." The, the way and she talks, she puts
2: her nose in the air. The way she talks to the best, she's like.
1: But Triss says you must agree, forsooth, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> 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 do you even know? What? <laughs> She's like turning on full princess, like a hundred, like doing a one eighty from like Feral Witcher Siri. <laughs> I,
3: I love how Triss thinks of the outfit when she finds out who sewed this horrible rag together for for Siri. There's the quote.
1: So it's your work, Master of the Sword. Predictably, Siri's short tunic does look as if it has been cut out with a knife and sewn together with an
0: arrowhead.
3: <laughs> and she thinks that's another of her weird inner monologue things, along with referring to herself as Little One. She thinks of him as Master of the Sword. Like, that's her mo- inner thoughts. That's not her saying that out loud to <laughs> him. <laughs> She's like, Just if I practice thinking like Shakespeare, I'll talk yeah. about him. <laughs> 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 And then Siri's reaction to seeing her new garb being put together is this great quote here.
1: That's magic. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a magical jacket. Wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I literally <laughs> spit my water out that now, and that was so good.
3: Can you like can you imagine Freya Allen saying that It was so: <laughs> No, ball. I think that would have to be
1: like an eye roll moment. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has to react like a teenager, like, oh, this is, this is so uncool. <laughs> yeah, see, teenagers just aren't as fun as little, little kids. <laughs> and then the great line here's the, my favorite, perhaps, is Triss is like, all right, tonight. I'm just going to confront Geralt and be like, all right, I'm sleeping with you. You know, she's going to force it. And then two seconds later, Siri runs in and is like, can I sleep with you tonight, Triss? Let me share your bed. Don't say no. (laughs) She's talking about forcing the issue. (laughs)
2: Oh, my God. To be honest, I would be excited about having a magical jacket, too. (laughs) Well,
3: the funny thing is it's not magical.
1: It's just been been fixed with magic. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Like the most mundane thing, but, you know.
2: The bar is really low.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the bar is really low. Okay, so to be clear what this means, I use some transcription software to help with the editing process. It's something new. We didn't have this when this podcast was first created. I use it for, for all my shows now. It's great. But it does occasionally translate words wrong. And that sometimes creates comedy. So I've decided that whenever a, a funny line or two or three comes up, I will share them with you all, and they'll be even funnier with McCall reading them in the in this grave <laughs> voice. For example, this first one is the
0: actions that people take because of Athlete's Prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> athlete's Prophecy.
2: In, Italy athlete's athletes.
3: Well, you know. That's you know what, what Athlete's Prophecy is? It's Back to the Future when Biff. <laughs> Stole the sports almanac. <laughs> he had the sports wow. almanac. That's athlete's prophecy. Oh my right god! There.
2: Oh, this next one
3: is gold. Yeah. Okay. The next one. Go ahead. If
1: I saw someone calling himself the white fight mama, I'd think that crazy.
3: <laughs> the white fight mama. Tripping. Of course, that is the uh, the white flame. <laughs> <laughs> the, what, I, yeah, the, I too. I agree, though. I agree with you. Transcription software. I too. <laughs> when I see someone calling themselves the White Fight Mama, I also think they're crazy. <laughs> so we agree. <laughs>
2: the white, the the white mama dancing on the graves <laughs> of the <piratidies. laughs>
3: Oh yeah. Oh,
2: that's that's time for the (laughs) intro. (laughs) That
3: is a good way to end the episode. I, if I do say so myself.
2: is chapter two of seven in blood of valves we're chugging along a big thank you to our supporters we really want to appreciate that and the donations tonight Is easy you want to go through the
3: supporters yeah i got it right here mara lee ryan b school of the cat ret c cat ovivas james g lucas m lc amy l alejandro m and neil a you all are the real mvps
2: and then mara lee and of course amanda both supporters and community great community members the old live chat um, Brian Byrne says the Moffat. White Fight
3: Mama is a WWE wrestler.
2: <laughs>
3: that is actually a
2: pretty good comparison, I That's think. That's
3: pretty good. Yeah, like one of the ring girls, maybe? like, <laughs> <laughs> Or just a female wrestler? I don't know. <laughs> either way, it works I got, got some
2: weird images in my head for that. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what we uh, need is some
3: fan art of the White Fight Mama, <laughs> who's fulfilling athlete's prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Throne... In oh. Game of Thrones, they brought back – they're using the older version. They're trying to make a larger version of the Iron Throne for House of the Dragon because the original version was bigger than the one on the first TV show. But from a production standpoint, they didn't have enough swords. Like, they just literally didn't have enough swords to make another Iron Throne. So they borrowed swords from other shows that used swords, one of which was The Witcher. So The Witcher, when Geralt says, where the heck are my swords – they're in the Iron Throne. <laughs> that's the Ring they <laughs> They're in King's Landing. They're <laughs> in King's Landing in the Iron Throne. But they were eventually returned. So that's why he got them back. So, heck yeah. Ink is
2: Rain in the description. Of, go follow Mikael on Twitter. You can get all of her links. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Really, really appreciate it. Of course, Ink is Rain. Find uh, Mikael on Twitter. Link in the description. All of that, if you want to go check it out, please do. And now uh, once again, thanks for joining us on the Saturday night. It was another fun episode. Next time, you'll see Chapter 3 of Blood of Elves. See you guys. Bye.